Welcome to the Broad Talk with your hosts, Dan and James. Hey, well, good morning. Uh, welcome to Grog Talk. I'm James. I'm Dan. And where are we from today, Dan? Where are we sitting at? We're from, I like this place. We're at the Tavern of the West Wind. Okay. Yep. And we're in, was it Ruston? Ruston Ford. Yep. We're headed back because, you know, next week is, is uh, Grog Con. So after our big sh- sojourn through um, mm-hmm. Suderham and we went to a couple other places, we're headed back. We so. are. And you got in a little bit of trouble, though, earlier. Remember, you pulled the tail of Soot, well, the black cat, yeah, didn't only really to like find that. out it was a familiar. Right. And, <laughs> and now, yeah. uh, but then I pummeled it, and Zeltar, the proprietor, collapsed because he lost double his hit points because I, I killed Soot. No, I didn't kill Soot. You killed Zelmar? I, no, I killed he, Soot. You killed Soot? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, right, double hit points. That's right. the familiar. That's right. I threw him in the fire, and then, so actually... Uh, Zelmar's taking care of you. Right, right, right. Well, he said, if you keep messing with my cat, I'm going to pound you, So because he's got... I think, I actually, I remember playing with the cat and kind of being, you know, rough with it. And then all of a sudden, I felt like he was my best friend. Right. And then uh, I had no money. I gave up all my money. I started working there. And I think that's when you came by and said, come on, we have to go finish the show. So uh, I appreciate you. Yeah, but I'm there for you. He, Zelmar, he's a great guy. He's the best. He's my best friend. He, I thought you were a good friend of mine. No, he's my best well, friend. Well, no, wait. Zelmar is actually the black. I'm sorry. I mixed up the familiar. Blackie the crow. Oh, Blackie's Zelmar. The, oh. Hacky has soot. Oh, okay. The uh, Soot the Black Cat. I like that. I think our Halloween show should be dedicated to Soot the Black Cat. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so anyway, we're on uh, Grog. We're streaming live. We, we are less than a week away from GrogCon. Uh, but before we talk about GrogCon, this week there was an event. You know, we, we celebrate Gary Gygax Day. Was it July 27th? Something like that. Right? July 27th, I think. So October 1st is uh, the other co-founder's birthday, Dave Arneson, born October 1st, 1947. And for those um, who don't know, he uh, resided here for a number of years. Uh, um, Vic, our, one of our part of the Grog Empire, the, uh, I want to make sure his, his, his official title is Yeah, because he'll cut your head off. Right. Well, he's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's coming down to run a game. You, bet, you better right. get the, it right. The, the commander, most astonishing patron, crown prince, and honorable scourge of North Star State uh, told us that he, uh, at, he was here for a number of years, but then he went back to Minnesota to, uh, end, when his life ended. He, he was there for the final years of his life. But he uh, taught at Full Sail, right, or something like that? He did. He taught at Full Sail here in Orlando. And my understanding is that he is sort of credited with the role-playing aspect of it all, right? That he started having individual right. players in the miniatures take on a persona. Yep, yep. That's, that's what I've read and seen research, and there's plenty of books to, uh, for that as well. So I uh, want to recognize that because um, the game that we have, uh, that we love, first edition, again, while it's you know clearly Gary's when he puts it on, his title's on there, but... That first edition wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for all the work that was done beforehand. Um, and yet, so uh, good morning, Carlos. And uh, he, he concurs with what you said. So as far as that. So again, October 1st, 1947, saw a lot of things on Twitter, and we want to acknowledge that as well. So GrogCon, uh, coming up, starts on Friday. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday in uh, Days in Kissimmee. There's tickets still available. You can do single tickets or three days. I'll be running Paranoia. 
Uh, you'll, you and I will be running the tournament yep. again, and right. you've done a lot of great work on the tournament module. I'm very excited about running that. Um, Carl Slicing will be down there. You and I, we're going to do a panel. We'll do it 8.30 on Saturday, uh, or 8.40, or whenever we show up. I'll be down there with the equipment. And, I'll be at the breakfast buffet. Uh, yeah, so yeah, you'll be at the breakfast buffet. And uh, we'll do that. We're also hoping to capture some games uh, as well. The challenge will be uh, logistically, because we're in a hotel, the Wi-Fi may not be great, the hotspots may not be great, so that's the only caveat uh, Yes, we are. That's right. We are going to do uh, 8.30 on Saturday. Well, Dan and I will be there at 8.30. We'd love for you to join. We got, we got you, a, ordered you a lovely lavalier mic as well. So uh, Vic says he's crashing our party. So we're, you know, we'll have a DM discussion about tournament play, I would assume, and talk a little bit about that. Perhaps we'll talk about uh, Thieves, which would be the next um, We could class. do that, though. That may not give them their due. That may not be enough time, but right. know, we'll see what happens. Right. We did half works That's at right. the... Uh, at the summer tournament, so we may be able to fit Thieves in. Yeah, we could do, uh, so the topic will either be Thieves, or we could talk about uh, DM, uh, t- running a tournament in DMs. Uh, DMs and running in a tournament versus for your home game. Do you guys sense that this show has structure? I mean, what? <laughs> I They're have... like surprised, they're like, what? What's the topic? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But no one is required, and again, uh, well, hello, Th- uh, not Thane, nice, you got me doing it. Formerly. Formerly, that's right. The Chamberlain, his august potency, Archduke, the shrewd guardian of Australia, David Thompson. And the, cha- his, the other Chamberlain, his most renowned, illustrious baron, irresistible Emily of Cleveland, Carl's license is on, as well as the master, his most august piety, baron, contentious lord of Sweden. Where's our, uh, I like the last one. Where, where's oh, our, uh, where's right. the blood letter? That's he's right. not here Blood letter dominator of Odenville? I'm not he's, he, not, he's not killing. He's, he's, he's killing everyone. <laughs> in South Alabama. That's he's right. South. He's in, he's in mid-Alabama. We found I know, out. he's heading south. Oh, he's, he's heading to the south. ocean. That's right. He's, he's not headed to Georgia. You gotta find his pontoon boats. Uh, Exactly. So yeah, we're gonna do um, we're gonna do scrog grog talk, and we'll just see. You know, if we start exactly eight thirty, we could do it. We do have games starting at ten, so it'll be an abbreviated version. Oh, Rob has made an appearance. Hey, Rob, I'm glad you made an appearance because uh, Rob is the one who turned me on. We'll talk about this. That's right. The history of the illusionist. So that's right. I'm glad Rob is uh, is making an appearance. So um, tickets are available. Nope, you haven't. We're just talking. We, we just mentioned it was uh, Dave Arneson's birthday, October 1st, and we wanted to recognize that. That's the only Have thing you we missed anything? Have you seen the show before? That's right. What happens in the first? That's right, us jibber-jabbering. Right. Uh, we do that so that the stream makes sure it's, again, we don't miss anything. So. It's bland. Uh, uh, so a lot of, lot of good things. Uh, tickets are available. Um, I'm hoping this week a lot of people who have been like, yeah, I'm going and going would actually sign up because my fear, of course, like yours, is either we'll have... So many games that they won't get filled up, or there'll be too many, too many people, and then people have bought tickets, and they won't have anything to do. And I hope people appreciate what an opportunity this is, because if you think about, I mean, we've got you know Carlos Lizing, Vic Dorso coming down. These are people who are regulars on the convention circuit. Right. You know, their games fill up instantaneously, pretty much at at events like GaryCon. You know, they're highly sought after, and so. You know, the opportunity to have them come down here and run games. I think we're very fortunate. Um, yep. Our thanks to them for, for being real supporters of, of GrogCon. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I would, uh, people should snatch up these tickets. If they don't realize, I don't know that they'd necessarily appreciate. Right. Well, we have um, a bunch of people available. on the meetup saying they're going. I don't think most of the, I don't think a lot of them have signed up. I think what the, the thing is, I think what's going to happen is people are just going to show up 
and buy tickets there. And so the the it's going to be a lot of a uh, running around like maniacs that day. So, and and that's something probably Carlos and Vic may or may not be familiar with. So that'll be good. Uh, uh, yeah, well, definitely. So Carlos says all three games have seats, and certainly I'm planning to play one. You know, I'm kind of the uh, wild card in this. I've, I'm running Paranoia Friday, and then I'm running the tournament. I'm kind of available either to play games, because I'd love to. I have not read uh, the module, the Queen of Shala, the Crystal Sh- Sword of Queen of Shala. Right. I've not read the module, because I, I have an opportunity for the author to run it. I'm definitely taking advantage of that. So if anyone... Wants, wants an opportunity to actually play the module that was written exclusively for GrogCon, this is the chance to do it. So. And I believe Carlos is right. He told us he's bringing copies. Yeah, we're going to have copies. And for our patrons, as a bonus surprise, you know, if you're at a certain tier level, uh, I think uh, silver or above, um, you, get, you will get a copy of that, a digital copy, and as well as the, the summer GrogCon tournament that we did and, and this one, the... Uh, the winter one and the paranoia one. So thank you again for all our uh, patrons there. It's really awesome. Thank you. So um, so speaking of that, thank you to our patrons. This is the, the, the GrogCon costs some money to put together, and while our significant others are supportive of our little hobby, they she you know your wife lets you go Saturdays, and my wife allows me to jibber jabber on Saturdays. It's always nice to not have to pay money for things, or at least reduce the cost of it. So again, thank you to our patrons. Uh, we, we don't have a we don't have a new patron to do a herald, heraldry. We may just have to make patrons. Up. We may have to become patrons so we can make ourselves, ourselves gives ourselves titles. <laughs> can we, why don't we have titles? I, 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 a title. I think we'll have to give ourselves titles. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, and they'll probably be horrible. We, and we have to. They add, will be. And uh, we'll have to add the female as well. We could be female in ours. That's we'll, true. I, that would be good. But let's roll one, two, three. You're female. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're a man. What am I? Oh, come on. Well, you didn't say one to three was female. That's true. One to three is female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? Random dice. It's awesome. Um, speaking of that, Swedish Challenge. So uh, apparently my, our, our uh, enthralling folks to put reviews and, and be listening has paid off. Grog Talk is, is either within the top 150 of uh, other gaming podcasts in Japan, Canada, and Sweden at the same time. We've moved up. Wow, the trifecta. We got a trifecta. United States, well, I, don't, I don't even look up anymore. But those areas, we are doing amazingly. There's too much competition here. Right. I th- well, I think there's just too much noise, and, and people mm-hmm. don't realize fine art. You know, this is... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's, it's there it our American, yeah. the American palate. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's not. We're the Jerry Lewis. They like to have a burger. That's right. We're the Jerry Lewis. The McRib. <laughs> Those people love them. They wait for the McRib for months. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Uh, time zone. Uh, let's see. Well, we are in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. It is uh, so that's uh, GMT plus four or five, depending on daylight savings time, or minus four. Minus four. Excuse me. Minus four to hit. And if 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 my understanding of where you're at, uh, Menyon, you're you're in Japan, so you're within a few time zones of uh, David. So we appreciate all the our international folks. But we get received four uh, iTunes uh, reviews. So um, Rudalas said, "Good stuff for anyone into old school game, especially AD and D first edition." Well, that is very true because I think literally we've only done first edition. We we're going to get to other games, but we just you know the first edition has so much. Um, Myron's said, without a doubt, the best podcast available for, on first edition AD&D. 
of value of those to new game as well as veterans. Thank you very much. Uh, and our dear friend also put one minion. Totally enjoy this first D&D podcast. A great deal of love, time, and effort is put into this. Again, thank you so much. And our other dear friend, and uh, who's responsible for the um, managing and ruling over Quebec City, the governor most stupendous puissance, Lord <laughs> the Gust, champion of Quebec City, uh, Max put the show as a positive delight. Dan and James have such a good chemistry. They bring easy, understandable information about the granddaddy of all games. So I'll, I won't read the rest of it, but thank you, Max. Very wonderful. Yeah. Now you need to say the last part. The very last part. Oh, the very masterful work. I think we have uh, je ne sais quoi, you know, je ne sais quoi. Someone, we have something that uh, <laughs> that the Americans, well, Laura, uh, Middle Alabama likes us, and Cleveland, mm-hmm. and There's Minnesota. Pockets. Right. Yeah. There's pockets of light out there, but yes. we're, we're spreading, and eventually... It's about time people recognize our brilliance, isn't it? <laughs> Besides ourselves. <laughs> right? I mean, I, uh, I, I knew know. it was true. I was starting to want, I was getting concerned. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> that maybe we weren't as I'm, awesome as we thought. It's either we're brilliant or we have the same That's right. thoughts as these other four poor folks. And they said, That's oh, right. look, we're not the only people who think this inanity and insanity. So thank We've you. We've really not met many of these people. We well, really don't know right, much of about Of these seven them. billion people, there's about, there's about 100 of us who think the same. And we don't, yeah, these people... Yeah, we don't know much about it, frankly. Okay. Well, very good. So uh, this is a nice segue, because now we're going to talk about uh, our friends, the uh, Illusionists, in our Word of Recall segment. Word of Recall. recall, recall. All right. So Illusionists, we are now, uh, this is the subclass in, in the Player's Handbook for Magic users, and this is uh, illustrated on page 26 of the player's handbook. And so um, for those who've listened to the show more than once or twice, you know for the longest time, illusionists for me were the poor man's magic user. I wasn't. But over time, I've kind of appreciated them more. It really comes down to um, the interaction of the player and the dungeon master. So this is really an opportunity. The illusionist presents, because of the wide variety of effects an illusionist can do, because they focus on mind control and altering what uh, the senses of the their victims or those who, part- who see what they're doing, there's a lot of you know rules, interpretations, subject to kind of thing. And yeah, um, so there's plenty of great spells, um, but you really need to have a DM who's going to be supportive of that because if you have one that um, doesn't, then you have challenges. So let's talk about it. So first of all, there's subclass. And of course, we've mentioned when we did the gnome one that right out of the gate, it's uh, you need to have a high intelligence and a minimum a, 50, uh, a minimum of 15 intelligence, which is higher than a, a magic user, by the way. Right. And and a sixteen dexterity. So typically, if if a class requires higher stats, it typically means it's a better class. That's the way I judge wine. Right. The more expensive, the better it must be. And I always assume that because you needed these high rolls. Right. You, it would be better. It would be better. And it, and it does infer. It says here, high manual dexterity is required in casting the spells used by the class. So this was back to we were talking about last time with the magic users. Having a high dex is good, regardless. There's that semantic component where you're moving around. There's, but unfortunately, that doesn't actually translate in actual play. Right. Yeah. It doesn't help your armor class. That's correct. Uh, important difference between illusion and magic is that the former do not gain experience bonus for having high scores in their required ability. 
So here's the other wah-wah, the first wah-wah, which is magic users get plus 10% if they have high intelligence. Illusionists right. do not. But the good news is it looks like the XP, you, you level up quicker right. as an illusionist, right? You need 2251 as opposed to 2501. So that's kind of, so, so that helps. Yeah. You move up faster. And some, you know, the intelligence, uh, you know, if you go back to intelligence, uh, we talked with us about the number of spells you can have and um, percentage to know each spells. Uh, on page 10, there's a minimum and maximum number. So if you have a high intelligence, you pretty much are going to be able to learn all the spells of the illusionist because in this book, if you're not adding spells or using the book that shall not be named, you're, if you have a high enough intelligence, you'd be able to learn every spell. Whereas, whereas for, so for instance, a first level magic user, there are 30 spells they can choose from. Even at 18 intelligence, the maximum number of spells per level they can learn is 18. Yeah. Well, it's, for an illusionist, it's 12. They will always, as long as their uh, intelligence is above 17, then they would, lo they would be able to learn every spell. And right, so that, and that begs the question, which you you answered implicitly, is that that intelligence table, you you would apply that for illusionists because they're a subclass of magic yes, users. Yes, I would. Okay, yes, absolutely. Okay, I agree with that. But it's it's not broken out for magic user and illusionists, which probably it should have, because again, the subset of right. spells is less for right. So you're right. You're gonna you're gonna get them all. That's not gonna be an issue. You, well, you'll have the opportunity to get them all, and your minimum. So. So again, if your intelligence is seven, uh, 17, excuse me, your minimum level of spells is eight. So you would definitely know fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh level spells because there's only eight of them. Right, it's just at right, levels one through three that you might not. Might, in theory. Okay, right. so that's the first, uh, uh, something that really wasn't, I don't know, scaled properly. It, it obviously was skewed more towards magic. Oh, this is interesting. Also, and then right after that on page 26, mm -hmm. things that illusionists can use. All potions not restricted to fighters only. Right. Are there potions restricted to clerics only? Like, I usually think of wands as being restricted yeah. to, I don't th usually think of potions, but obviously they are but so i wonder if there's any clear so is that a benefit i mean it says not restricted to fighters only uh the only ones i'm aware of there are the, their fighter page? page 121 the dmg thank you so it looks to me that the only restricted um potions are for fighters oh okay okay well then that's what does that do it's kind of redundant exactly yeah because i'm like oh that's good is he trying to trick me? Gary I think so. Me yeah, because that's... So I would just say all potions except for fighters. It seems not you wouldn't even, Yeah, you, just, you wouldn't even need to talk about it, right? Really, right? right. Yeah. Well, I guess they were concerned it would say all potions, and then someone would infer Well, that. I just cross out the whole line. Right. All right, so that doesn't do anything for me. Because, yeah, the above says, you know, it should just say that they, they can use all the items that a magic user can unless, except the following. Right. Now, the second one is a little more interesting. Illusionist scrolls and magic user scrolls, which contain spells usable by illusionists. Right, we've talked about this. So before. does that mean, but illusionists can get all, well, so they can get all first level magic. So they can use, so any magic user spell, any first level magic user spell. Right, but, it, but, they, but then they have, still have to get read magic. Remember we talked about, that was one of the questions someone had. If they, because if they are seventh level, if they, if they have access to seventh level illusionist spells, 
one of the spells they can learn is read magic. I know. We looked that up. Remember John called about that question? I'm sure you remember. Yeah, that. I don't remember. Exactly. I'm not. So uh, looking at uh, page 100, first level magic user spells, it lists all the spells that they can use and illusionists can use, and one of them is read magic. So if they need read magic to read first level spells, and you found a spell of friends, yeah, which is not a, I don't know if that's maybe that's a bad example. Is that a spell that they can use normally? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. oh, oh, normally. I don't know if friends is a spell they can use normally. Oh, you mean like lists in their? If it's not part of their thing, no, they don't have access to friends, which again, you would think they would. But if they found a scroll of friends, they would still need to get read magic, which again, they're not able to learn until 14th level, if you read it this way. Yeah. Okay. But, so, you, so in theory, they would have to get a scroll of read magic, do the spell failure. If they were successful, cast read magic, on this and then still have the spell failure. Yeah, so right. So another reason, right? They need read mag they don't just automatically get to cast that's, the spell. That's how I would roll it. You would read it that they need read magic. Right. So if they're a first level illusionist and they find a friend spell, they would have to cast they would have to get read magic and they need to be 14th level to cast it. Yeah. That's they right. They so don't need to be first level. So it's very hard. But can they? So, but can they cast it just with a penalty then? Yeah. Well, they, right. it's a spell failure chance. Right. It's a spell failure, which chance. is thirteen levels difference if you're a first level. Times five. Yeah. Right. yeah well, no, sixty-five percent chance. Right. That's pretty bad. But they got it, and it's for a first level spell. Right. And it could go back. Maybe it would be incomprehensible magic at that point. The reverse. So, right. Right. So it's kind of a screw job. So in other words, what you're saying is. The fact that they can use magic user scrolls which contain spells usual, usable by illusionists is not really... I mean, I guess that helps if they've got the... So, right, if they can get the spell at a lower level. Right. The they wouldn't need read magic. If they, can, if they can get the magic user... But wait, what about the... So they, can, they can get magic user spells on their own, right? There's certain spells that right, double they, up. Right, but, they, but it's, when you read the DMG, Dungeon Master's Guide... It talks about illusionists have a different script right. that's right. That, that's common to them, right. which is why they don't need in this book, in the book that shall not be right. named, I think they add read illusionist magic. But right. in this but book, right. in this book, they must use uh, they can read uh, they can read an illusionist scroll without needing read right. magic because they don't have but access. But they can't to read. Magic. So in other words, if it's a magic user it's scroll, since it's written, Force, it's right. written in the magic user. Right. They would need read magic Correct. to do it because it's a different language. That's right. They would, it, it produces the same result, but right. it's written in a different language. Right, I got you. If you want to play it that way. We never played it that way, but that's... You're like, hey, I can, I know, right. I can, I know this spell. Or right, I, I oh, can, I, or, you find this magic user scroll of Phantasm Force. Great, I can use it. And we would just let people do it. As opposed to, like, hey, where's your read magic? You can't right. read that. Right, you'd have to go, someone buy a scroll of read magic, make the chance to fail, then read it, then you could use it. That and, makes sense. Right, then you could use it language. without penalty. Right. Okay. In theory. Okay. All right. All right. All rings. All rings. Wait, all rings. What are, are some rings limited to? I don't think so. No. Wait. It's a wizard ring. Well, yeah, and it says an M. Right. So all rings really doesn't do anything for me. Right. It's all rings. They should have just said, they should have said, they can use everything magic use cans except blah, 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 blah. Right. Okay, so now here's some. The rod of cancellation. Well, it's any. Yeah. Staff of striking. Any. Are you serious? 
Well, no, Clericomagicus, I'm sorry. But it's got an M. Wands of Enemy Detection. Annie. Annie. Fear. Magic user. Oh, wait, what is this? Wait, what fear? What is it? Is it Wand, wand, oh, of, wand of Fear? Wand of fear. Yeah, this is all the wand. Magic user. Wand of Illusion, obviously, magic user. Wand of Magic. I know this is fascinating. Wand of Magic <laughs> Detection. Annie. Are we losing listeners? Uh, they've, all, of, they've all left. No, they're all left. They're, they're enraptured by you raiding off metal all the Metal and wands. mirror detection, Annie. Secret tour and trap detection, Annie. And wonder, Annie. So really what that means is, are there some like that or any that I, so wait, wand so, of illumination is not here. Can I not use that? Correct. It says any. But I, it's not any, anyone can use this. The magic items usable by illusionist class characters are enumerated below. So. That's awful. So you really- Oh wait, there's-, there's th Oh wait, I'm sorry. But yeah, no, oh wait. Oh, miscellaneous. Oh, but now we're on to miscellaneous. Yeah, well, the rod, staffs, and wands. First of all, we haven't finished that one. The right. one I understand your point that they should, it would be easier if they did the other. But there is, a, there is a wand on there that they should use that they're not allowed to use. And we've talked, I've talked about it. What is it's it? It's the wand of paralyzation. Yeah, okay. Wand of paralyzation. Magic users don't even have a paralyzation spell. Illusionist, it's a fourth level spell, which I never used to use, and then Doug, who was the gnome illusionist, used it on the dragon. I like this spell's amazing. It's a third level spell, excuse me. I'm like, this spell's amazing. And I'm like, but they cannot use a wand of paralyzation. So so they really, so they're being really up. hurt here. So yes. even when it says any, because a wand of illumination says any. Right. Any does not any means anyone but an illusionist. That's right. Exactly. Wow. If you read it, if you if you read it as well, that makes sense. Enumerated means these are the ones that they can use, and it lists ones that are any. That's right. So wow, that's rough. And then if you created a wand as the DM, you'd have to adjudicate that after. Let's say you came up with a wand of I don't know B, B projection. You'd have to decide if they're <laughs> able to. One. Hey, you should put that should in. There. That in. <laughs> wand of B projection. Not sure what we're doing. That we're doing. Wand of Bs. Wand of Bs. Okay. The B wand. The B wand. Well, this is this I'm is getting, the B show, so I'm getting we we are we are B list celebrities. Well, yeah. we're B list. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really right, right. exactly. I'm getting angry. You're getting angry. Yes, I'm gonna like cast a B cantrip right here. Yeah, this is a rip. Uh, so yeah, the Chamberlain says the illusions can make a wand of paralyzation, but if you read this, but I can't use it. If you read this as it's written, I can make it. You can you can't use can't, it. You can't use it, which is Sell silly. It. I mean, that's the, so I, uh, I've said they can use the wand of paralyzation because no. that doesn't no. make any sense. Well, I'm breaking the rules. Wow. I might as well use the book that shall not be named. You've gone point. crazy. I've yeah. gone rogue. Right. All right, let's keep going. So, that's, so that stinks. Right. So far, so really nothing's going well for me here. Well, it says in the first par second paragraph, while being equal or slightly inferior to normal magic users, most respects, illusions have different highly effective spells to employ. I better have some really good spells. I know. Wall of Fog, someone's mentioned. I do like I've cast Wall of Fog yes, before. Wall of I like that. Can be useful. Miscellaneous magic used by every class of characters. Okay, that's fine. Crystal balls. But not with any added powers. That means right. like if I get a crystal ball and it's got like some additional ESP. things, right? I don't get that. Right. I think wasn't it in your game where yes. we found a crystal ball with ESP? The illusionist Jezebel. Yeah, and, and instead of giving it to the magic user, she right. used it herself and sold it and got a normal crystal ball. She she had a car with automatic and and heated air she conditioning. Know, she sold it. She, she drove the man. She got the manual. She couldn't. She wouldn't give it to someone else, which would make more sense. She couldn't unlock the features. Right. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jezebel. All robes. 
Excluding robe, so all robes. Does that do anything for me? All robes? There's robe of eyes, there's robe of blending. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'd have to go through. You probably don't want me going through all of the robes. There's a, there's not a whole lot. No, there's actually not a lot of robes. There's only like one, two, three, four, five, six, six robes. Okay. Um, And books and similar written works readable by magic users. Okay. Artifacts. Which are not prescribed items with respect to illusionists, such as armors or axes. Okay. And magic, uh, use magic daggers. Keep on manufacturing those magic items which create or sustain illusion. They may use the 10th level. Right. And this is what the, right. the Chamberlain uh, from Australia was saying that they can create a wand of paralyzation, but they can't use it. Which, right. Which is crazy. My spell level, uh, you know, I'm like magic users. I'm not like a cleric, right? Or a druid, which gets a decent amount of spells, right? Well, cleric's not that. Well, well there's no there's no intelligence right. bonus like a wisdom bonus. So right, that's, that's what helps the cleric. And any cleric class, they can get additional spells. And the druid is awesome because you get a lot of spells plus the wisdom bonus yep. if you play it that way. That's right. And so, are they worse than magic? Are they the same as magic? Is it basically? Uh, I think they're a little advanced. They move. No, a they're little lining fa- up. They move a little faster. Oh, they move at six level. Yeah. Well, instead of four two two, they're four three one. Right. So, so what, they fall worse. behind at seventh level. They fall behind at seventh level. Sixth level is actually falling behind, because four two two is better than four three one. Right, and then seventh level, the uh, magic user gets a fourth level spell. The illusionist does not. They have to wait till eighth level. So, they're worse. They're yeah. worse. Right. They're they're lower on XP, XP but they're worse on spells advancement. Right. A little bit, yeah. A little bit, but their XP bonus. I mean, their XP. A 10th level illusionist needs 200,000 experience points. A 10th level, uh, let's see, 10th level, it's about 30,000 less. Now, again, okay. if you have a, a magic user gets the intel prime requisite bonus, then it washes out. Right, which you probably do. Right. Okay, so <laughs> that's it. I mean, they really, there isn't a whole much, they, they're, they're almost the fighter size as far as uh, content in that part. You want to talk about races that can yep. be illusionists? I do. Of course I do. Of course you do. Why wouldn't I? Oh, yes. So, so Dan, what classes, what races can be the illusionist class? Ah, okay. I'll ask you, and you tell me yes or no. Dwarves. Okay. Hey, can I be a dwarf illusionist? No, of course not. This, uh, what, what is this, fifth edition? Well, clearly I'll be an elf illusionist. No, magic no, there, there, there's no illusions in the forest, just fire and pain. So, no. Okay, so let me get this straight. So elves are very magical, right? Not like this. But I can't be this. They're full magic. Now, either. gnomes. Gnomes, I know, they don't like magic. They can't be magic. They can, right. Don't they get a higher magic no, resistance? Con- congratulations, they can. Even though, like dwarves, they get a high magic resistance to spells, they can be an illusionist. Do we know the backstory? Story on that. I, I don't know the backstory on this either. We we did talk a little bit about it in the gnomes one, but I don't remember what we said. Do you was. know the the level limit for a gnome illusionist that has Naturally? a dexterity? Oh my gosh, you need intelligence and dexterity of seventeen or higher. Is it this? Is it sixth or eighth? Six. It is seventh. Seventh. Oh, missed. Gnome illusionist with intelligence or dex or it's an or under seventeen are limited to fifth. Those with intelligence and dex of seventeen are limited to Sixth level. Right. So you need, uh, wow. So those with both intelligence and dexterity of 17. Wait, so you need, 18. you need an 18th in both of those? Right, to get In the order seven. to rise to level of seventh level. Right. Wow. That's right. rough. Unless you don't play level limits, which you did with, if you remember. I was trying to start a group. I know, you say, that's, that is your. That's my excuse. Half, half elves. Can I be an illusionist? 
no, of course not. Half one. No. Half orc. No. Human. Unfortunately, yes. Unlimited. So yes. yeah. So the only reason you probably want to be a gnome illusionist is to be multi-class. Is that correct? Right. And we've talked about. Uh, so again, gnome illusionist is a lot of fun. They're annoying. They're fun for the player, not so fun for the. Uh, yeah, we'll need to talk about that. Uh, okay, so I can be a fighter illusionist. Right, which is what my guy Winkly Pew is in John's game. Right, and an illusionist fun. thief. An illusionist thief. Can I not be an illusionist assassin? We talked about it. I would allow that. Just like a... Yeah, why well, I, I would totally that. allow... To me, that makes so yeah. much sense. The Joker or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because the illusionist assassin the, and the half or cleric assassin would be like the awesome... Right, they'd be the ultimate team. Yeah, the illusionist assassin. So this is what we're going to do. I think you, you, you weren't super thrilled with your previous character. So when we start the next year, we'll roll two new characters. One will be an illusionist assassin. Oh, one will be a cleric assassin. And we'll go around. It'll right. Just, It'll be, they'll be the anti-pixie blades. They'll just be... They'll murder whoever the creature of the day is or something. Right. Well, something like that. They'll be there. We'll that'll be, that'll be, that'll you be can the send name. your character in. We'll, we'll figure out something. Right. Yeah. They'll go into the forest and kill things. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. Why would you be a fighter illusionist? Is that an illusionist thief? Illusionist thief sounds awesome. Well, you want more hit points. Oh, okay. And you want to fight. Because okay. if you're a thief, the problem with the thief, let's say you don't have a high con, which again, as a gnome, that's, there's advantage to having a high constitution because then you get better, save, you get better saving throws. Right. Yeah. So if you had a high constitution, let's say you had three good rolls. Uh, let's say you, if you had three good rolls... The advantage of having Illusionist Thief is that dex is used in both of them. You need a right. high dex. Right. So it's easier to be a no Illusionist Thief. But if you had three good rolls and you had con, and let's say you had a 17 con, the fighter, even though, so, so for instance, the fighter Illusionist I have, he doesn't fight hand-to-hand. -hand. And if he does, he uses multiple weapons because his dexterity is so high. He doesn't get a right. plus to hit because his con is too low and he uses missile weapons. Right. But he has more hit points, so you know he, he's a little more sturdy than a uh, illusionist thief. Winkly Pooh. Winkly Pooh. Now, what armor is Winkly Pooh wearing? He can wear whatever he wants. In the la okay, I'm going to read this to you because I want to. I want a ruling on this. A character of the gnome race can select to be a fighter, an illusionist, a thief, or an assassin. It is also possible for a gnome character to be two classes at the same time. In the latter case, the character is restricted to the wearing of leather armor regardless of which class combination he or she has Ooh. chosen, unless only fighting is performed by the character. Unless only fighting is performed. Yeah, but you're not. I'm sure you're engaging in your casting spells. As with any magic use, multi-user gnomes with two characters must split their... Well, let's go to the actual thing. That's a good, that's a good thing. It right, seems to say you've got to have leather. So if you're going to be a gnome illusionist... So unlike elves, this is gnome discrimination again. Okay, I elves think you're right. Elves can wear any... A fighter magic user... Elf can wear armor, right? Can wear plate, correct? Right. See, well, it's interesting because here it says, here it says, see magic user above, fighter magic user above, and it says, obviously, this combination allows excellent armor protection. But then, specifically here, <laughs> for gnomes, that's right, for gnomes, in the latter case, well, you could, if in the latter case, this would be the latter case as an example. It is possible for a gnome character to be of two classes, blah, blah, and blah. In the latter case, the character is restricted to wearing leather armor. But then it says, regardless of the character combination he or she has chosen. I think latter meaning um, the thief. Yeah, but it says, wait, 
But it says, unless only fighting is performed by the character. Well, that suggests it's talking about fighting. But there could, here, ladder could be fight or thief. In other words, you can't wear... In the ladder case... Ladder means... The last one. So it's either this one or the thing that says thief. The character is restricted to wearing leather armor. What's leather armor? That's only thief, regardless of the class combination he or she has chosen, unless the only fighting is performed by the character. So the question is, does ladder mean thief or ladder mean that? So yes, illusionist thief needs to wear leather. The, the, uh, but, yes, but, but illusionist fighter. Right. So, so yeah, so right. I mean, that's generally true, right? If you're a multi-class thief, right. you have to wear anything, wearing anything more, right. you're too noisy. Right? You can't even wear, we say start, you don't even wear started leather. Yeah, right? you get, well, in the book that's on the name, they, they give minus. But, but here well. we've, okay, but here we say it's, it's got to be just leather. Right. So the question, though, is does the illusionist fighter have to wear only leather? What? But the reason I say it's that is because over here, under thief, uh, as with all thief combinations, any function as thief are restricted to armor, only leather and, and no shield. Right. So it, it's supported that if you have a thief class, you have to wear the class armor, not gnome. I don't think it's the gnome that's the issue. But it would be weird. So ladder. I mean, it's not written clearly? No. Right. Ladder case really can't refer to fighter. Th Oh, so you mean ladder, oh. meaning the thief, but there's also an illusionist ladder. All right, so, so uh, Menion says that an Osric, he thinks, and interprets oh. it, that fighter loses. So, well, you know, you, I, will, I will bring this up to John, and he can decide. And then if, he, doesn't, and if he does, he decides I'm going to jump off the bridge. Yeah, I'm helping you. Yeah. Well, I'll just retire him, and I'll become a Because what I would agree, that means that the illusionist isn't able to cast spells. Right, in, With if he has bandit or whatever armor he's going to wear. And, and, and the thief makes sense. Otherwise, you wouldn't even have to talk about it. All right. But the way I, again, the, the reason I say that is in the latter case, well, what's case, it is also possible for gnome character to be two classes. So that's what you're saying. Is this what you're saying? That's in the, the latter lab. case, right. the character resorted to wearing leather, regardless of which class combination he has chosen, unless only fighting is performed. And as all multi class gnomes with two classes. So the question is, is it, because, is it the latter being that they're multi class or the latter being a, of a thief? And but the problem is, is that ladder, I mean, there's three examples, and thief is not, illusionist is the right. ladder in the first example. And it's also in parentheses, which usually isn't, you know, it's an aside. So why would ladder refer to something in parentheses? Although, so it says in elves, too, although able to operate freely with the benefits of armor, weapons, magic available to those classes, any thief, he should have just wrote the same thing. Again, the question is, did he just was being cute and wrote it differently, or did he really mean it? Any thieving restricted armor weapon usable by the thief class. So everywhere else it says usable by the thief class, the question is, did he really mean that gnomes are limited to, to leather armor? I would, I mean, my, inter my, my interpretation would be that it, it, it means you can't, you can't use it if you're part of that, that gnomes, although magical, it puts quite a strain on them. They're not elves. Elves, okay. I mean, it's just that's my why, reading. That's why I don't play your game. Anyway. Right, That's I why know. you don't have a game. You do one shots. That's why everyone hates it. I know, that's right. right. We, will, we, will, we will leave that for now because okay. this is about illusionists. So, uh, but that's certainly up to a DM interpretation. Okay, so you can be a gnome or you can be a human. Well, and I'm sure, so Manion says, I'm pretty sure multi-class fighter thieves can wear any armor but can't use these because what they're doing. So, well, I agree with that. I mean, I think if you take off the stuff. Right. So in other words, you're an illusionist. Like, let's say that you agree that you could wear armor as a fighter illusionist. So just if you're going to cast an illusionist spell, you'd have to... Right. You'd have to just like if you were going to be a fighter thief, you couldn't do thieving things if you were not in, if you were right. in leather or less armor. Right. 
Right. Right. And and hopefully at some point, you know, I would get a bracers or something like that, and that's that would be a moot point. Right. Uh, Do you if you have bracers and you have a bad dex, does it still it reduces? Right. I mean, you look at the modification, or does the bracers override? No, I I believe uh, bracers just act as like you have the armor class, and you still get the you You get get the negative penalty or a bonus. Okay. So we talked about that. We, t- uh, we talked about the multi-class, and again, there's only limited ones because gnome is the only uh, um, race that can be a gnome uh, illusionist. So what else we got? You had an article. What was the article? Oh about? yeah, so just a little bit of backstory and uh, a shout out uh, to Rob Ritchie, who I know is, was is online. That, that's right. Um, you know, told me about some of the uh, the backstory. Linked uh, linked me to an article. At uh, playing at the world, nice. talking about the origins of the illusionist, and so you know, apparently it was a guy by the name of Peter Aronson, in the early uh, an early Boston area fan. In 1975, he submitted an initial description of the illusionist to TSR, and they ran it in the fourth issue of Strategic Review. Okay. So before Dragon Magazine is actually when the illusionist makes an appearance, and then in the first, very first issue of Dragon Magazine. Number one, June 1976, Peter Aronson adds some spells. Okay. And apparently in the strategic review, I mean, it had like a lot of spells. Right. And uh, adds more spells. Uh, and so that was its origin. Obviously, Gary liked what he saw, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, and what was interesting, too, is, you know, there was another subclass of Magic user. Okay. That was... I shouldn't say necessarily promised, but if you look in the Holmes edition, mm-hmm. it talks about there's upcoming, there's gonna be two subclasses. Do you remember the other? Warlock? Close, Witch. Witch, okay. Witch was promised, and, hmm. and for whatever reason, I don't know the backstory, the illusionist they were killed. survived. They were killed off. They were killed off. They were, they were burned by the, they were the, burned by the stake. Goat. They were burned at the stake. Burned at the stake, and then eaten by a giant goat. So uh, obviously Gary liked the illusionist. You know, it's interesting, because illusionists are it reminds me where you talk about why do we need some of these subclasses, like barbarian, why can't you just play a fighter as a barbarian? And some of the people have argued, well, why can't you just play a map? Do you really need an illusionist? Can't you just yeah. play a map? Can't you? A lot of the illusionist spells magic users can get, right? Can't you right. just play a magic user as an illusionist? You certainly could. And I think that's always the tension with all the older school things versus, quote unquote, as the game progressed, where they either created specialist classes you know, and, and even in uh, the, the cavalier versus a fight. You know, why do we need a chivalrous fighter that's super special? Well, we have a cavalier now. Why do we have a ranger? It, you know, really comes down to, um, and, and then there's some game systems that eschew all that. They say you can be whatever you want. Here's skills, and you put it in there. But that's not D and D. We we have we have said that the class is an amalgamation of abilities that seem logical or whatever together, and um, so I think it's perfectly reasonable, and many people. That's why many people still enjoy uh, what they call Beck Me, which is basic expert champion, because they have they have magic user. I mean, they they do have druid. They've kind of expanded a little bit more as the years go on. But generally, you have a magic user, you have a cleric, you have a thief, and you have a fighter. I like that. And then they have races class. They have an elf, which is kind of a fighter magic user. They have a dwarf, which right. is kind of a fighterish, and a halfling is kind of a fighter thief. Right. Boom. There and you Holmes go. Holmes that way too. Yeah, and and so um, and then you tailor it with the dungeon master to um, 
make it an illusionist or a necromancer or a warlock or whatever else you want it to do. Though, though one of the difficulties is that you don't get to choose spells. So it, it might be hard to customize a magic user, right? I mean, I, I find, I randomly roll at the beginning. I find the spells that I want. And, or I mean, I, I don't necessarily find the spells that I want, right? Yeah, you have to look in the DMG for that. Well, and I want to, talk, yeah, because I want to look up, because I, um, so we talked last time about how magic users acquire their original spells. Mm -hmm. So how do illusionists? Well, it's in the book. It's not as, it, it's actually detailed in the book that shall not be named. They no. actually have the list there. Um, but it's, it's talked about at a, at a high level in acquiring magic user, acquiring spells, just like the uh, magic user. So back, back to your question about how would I, if I was the DM and I didn't want all these classes and I, you, know, you were the player and you said, you know what, I just want to focus on uh, uh, you want to just, I want to be focus, like, a want to be like an illusionist. illusionist. Well, there's a couple ways. You, you could have your campaign so Acquisition of Illusions, page 39. Yeah, 39, right? I think it's rolling, right? Begin with three spells based on a D12. Right. Is that true? I sort of written down. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, a little top of the page. Illusions do not need a spell read magic, so that's nice. Yeah. Or anything like it, pursue the profession. All religious spell books and scrolls are written in a secret tongue, so we still have a spell book, which every apprentice learns from his or her mentor. Uh, so where is the... So when Illusionist gains re, uh, read magic at the 14th level, along with several other personal magic spells, this may allow him to utilize magic scrolls. So that's interesting, because we were just talking about that. Right. But that doesn't say, it just says scrolls. Right. That doesn't say that. And that, that contains spells different from the illusionist. Now, see, oh, I yeah, you're right, you're right. But still, it's, it kind of infers that they can read that, which doesn't make any sense. Because it says, this merely allows him or her to utilize the magic user scrolls that contain spells different than those on the illusionist list. Well, I, I read that as, how would you learn Phantasm Force from a, a unless the magic user's read it, writing it in a illusionist script, which makes no sense at all. So the way I rule it sucks to be you. It's basically, it's like the, uh, it's like the Bible written in French versus English. It has the same content, but until you learn how to speak French, you can't do that. But I'm sure people adjudicated it the other way. Oh, so the illusion, so at 14th level, the illusionist gains read magic. Could look gain read Could magic. gain it. Right. Oh, is that, okay, that, that's right, that's on that list. Right. And then they can learn first level of spells. That's what that's talking about. Right, this means that's going to utilize magical scrolls, getting spells different from those on the illusionist list, right. When a first level illusionist receives his or her spell book, it contains only three spells. The DM should require, should require the DM, the player character roll a d12 on the table. Three times, you know, any rolls result in duplication. So yeah, so just like magic users, yeah, they don't. There's, there's not enough. You're randomly them. rolling. You're randomly rolling three of them. Three spells. And we argued that you don't have to roll to learn them. You get them because that's part of your training. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Because then right. it's just, it's like, yeah, the, those are the ones that because you're going to know three anyway. That's right. You might as why you just keep then you're just rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling, right? Exactly. All right, so let's see what you get. All right, seven. Detection visibility. That's, okay. That's not terrible. Nope. Oh, is that six? Detect illusion. That's good. I, I'm a detecting machine. No, detect. <laughs> Something offensive would be nice. Eight. Gaze reflection. <laughs> so, 
So, you know, unlike... Well, here, you can... Don't you... You were making up a list. You had the list for your... No, uh, what am I giving these to? No, no, I'm going to... You're not going to torture the group even more? With gaze reflection, detect illusion, detect uh, inviso? So that, that, that shows that unlike Magic User, where at least you get one offensive... You may, I mean, because obviously you want color spray. Color spray is a pretty good yes. first level spell, right? You don't get color spray. So you really may, when you're rolling, you can be really unhappy. Right. You're all excited to be the illusionist. And you don't get phantasmal force, right? Which is first level. Exactly. That's very unfortunate. So that's rough. Yes. It's super rough. Because you got to find it. You got to get it in a scroll. Right. So this is where the DM. This is where the book. This is where later the book that shall not be named has. Um, it actually breaks them out into offensive. So you will always get an offensive spell. Right. You don't end up with this. That. Right. Yeah, that's not very good. Right. So shall we talk a little bit about phantasmal force? Well, that's yeah, force. The biggie. Well, phantasm. There's a lot of them like that. I mean, so the power of the illusionist. Uh, is really dependent on the DM ruling. So, but the one that is most uh, has most controversy, I'm sure, has plenty of links in Dragon's Foot and entries in Dragon's Foot, is Phantasm Force, Phantasmal Force, right? Which is a second level, or first is it first level? It's first level. Yeah, it's really? a first, yeah, it's a first level illusionist spell. It's a third level magic user spell. And this is where you really you we talked about this before. Is you would you want to DM? who is illusionist friendly. Right. If you're an illusionist and your DM is not illusionist, he hates gnomes, yeah. he then, hates illusionists. Right. Yeah, you're, it's not gonna go well, right? You're, you're really not gonna be very effective. Well, all the illusionist spells in general, I mean, the ones that are popular were not written very well and Ostrich had to clean them up or other people have read them. Color spray has been one of contention because it's it's very confusing how it's written, and people have had to adjudicate that. But Phantasmal Force is the biggie in, as far as challenges. So that's a third-level magic user spell, it's a, it's, and it's a first-level. So that should tell you right there. Um, that's one of the advantages illusion have. You'd have to be a fifth-level magic user to cast something that a first-level uh, uh, illusionist can cast. If you get it. Some people are commenting on, yeah, some uh, U1, uh, John just ran Sinister, uh, Secret of Salt Marsh. Yeah, that illusionist was painful until I killed him. Oh, sorry. You're, oh, the TPK, you guys, we had a TPK. We had a TPK? Well, yeah, 14th, 14th level. level. He should have he yeah. cast Read Magic on us. He had color spray. He had, yeah, he killed us with a color spray. Yeah. That was wonderful. That was awesome. <laughs> Push. All right, so on page 75 of the Player's Handbook, uh, Phantasmal Force. So here's the, here's the first couple of problems. For the DM. First of all, duration, special, which means it lasts for a while. Saving throw, special. So when this spell is cast, the magic user creates a visual illusion which will affect all believing creatures which view the phantasmal force, even to the extent of suffering damage from phantasmal missiles. So right there, or, for, or from falling into illusionary pit full of sharp spikes. If you're a magic user who has a first level spell, magic missile does 1d4 plus 5. Here you create a pit, 20 orcs, Think there's a pit falls in, they take you know d6 for falling plus whatever spike damage you could kill them all with this one thing. Yeah, and it's eight square inches. So this is what always troubles me: eight square inches plus one square inch per level. Right. So that's a ninety. So it could be a thirty. If, at first level, it's nine square inches. So so what's that's thirty like the by feet thirty thing. Yeah, that's thirty by thirty. Okay, thirty by. So I can do a. So if I wanted to do a narrow pit. Right. I could do it. You could have just like the hallway look 10 like. Ten by ninety. Yeah, it's, oh, it says eight square inches, so it doesn't say it can be in any shape like that. You, so ninety square is ninety square inches. 
10 by... 10 by 9. 90 feet long by 10 would be 90 square feet, which would be 9 square inches. Oh, wait, no, 10 by 90, wouldn't that be more? Would it be like 900? No. Oh, so I'm not very good at this. 1 by 9 is okay. 9. 1 by 9. If you, could, you got rid of that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, no, you're right. So 10 by 90 yeah, is you could 90 have, You could have a hallway right? that looks... That's right. 10. So that means I can do 90 if you're doing the falling damage oh, cumulative. Yeah. Well, that's, well, then that's the other argument. I see what you're saying. You think it's a pit that looks 90 yeah, feet down. Yeah. You could use it that way, or you could just say it's a bottomless pit. It's nine, it's, the area of effect is, you. let's say you take the floor, this 90-foot oh, hallway, right. and, yeah, and it I just looks like saying. a bottomless pit. What's the difference? Oh, that's right. That's right. Just the area of effect that you... looks, right, exactly. Yeah. That's right. Right, what's the difference? It's a bottomless I mean, you're pit. Not, you're dead. Right, and you fail your save. You took 500 points of damage, or whatever the maximum 20D6 is. That's right. That's right. And, but you know, for, for you, it's fine. So, okay. So you're right. So what you can do is that's right. So, I mean, that, that's very useful then because what you can do is you can make, you make the enormous opening. Right. You have, you have a 90, you know, you have like a 30 by 30 opening. Which is a bottomless pit. Yep. And you can actually have like flames. Right. Sure. Dragons. In there, yeah, anything have, in there. Exactly. So already you're like, wow, this is amazing. And uh, the note that the audible illusion is not a component of the spell. So if you have a dragon that's, Breathing fire, you won't hear the flames, you won't hear it roar. But you can cast, you have, I think, Audible Glamour. Is Audible Glamour a first level illusion spell? Uh, so do you cast no. Audible Glamour first? Or you get Improved Phantasm Force, that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, Improved has the. Uh, yeah. But Audible Glamour is a first level spell. Yeah, you could try so to. So I can cast Audible Glamour first. In theory. And then cast Phantasm Force. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right, so it doesn't it's come. A, and you'd have to work on that to see how you would do that. Because, again, the audible glamour would go off first and there'd be a dragon. You'd have to prepare right. this ahead of right. time. If people are watching you right. doing it this. It increases the chance of not, like, you hear something and then something appears. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. 90 square feet, which translates to uh, 8.36 meters square. That's right. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, th yeah we're, we're not... We're not favorable to the metric, which the rest of the world is. Again, it's back to baseball, soccer thing. Okay, so as a DM, you're like, oh, that's a problem. That's, oh, note the audible illusion. Okay, great, I can nerf it now. The illusion lasts until struck by a potent. Okay, great. Uh-oh. Is it? Yes. Well, because I read this, you're like, illusion struck by an opponent. Great, that makes sense. The first guy tries to fall in the pit. He takes his damage, but then the rest of them... Uh, folks, it gets dispelled. Nope, that's not what it says. Unless the spell caster causes the illusion to react appropriately or until the magic user ceases concentration upon the spell due to desire, moving, or successful attack which causes damage. So until struck by an opponent. So what does that mean? If, I, if they fall in it, does it dispel? So if you're walking in a pit, you see a pit. Well, that's... That's is, that, the, is that struck by an opponent? Well, yes, but then it says, or until the magic user ceases concentration. Or, or, no, I'm sorry, or, or struck by an opponent unless the spellcaster causes the illusion to react appropriately. Well, I don't know how you make a pit react appropriately. So that idea is if you made a phantasmal force of orcs attacking and, and you uh, oh, struck it and it right. decided to move backwards, well, now oh. it's reacting appropriately. So, and then, right, so I can adjust things. And you, we were talking about this before we got on the show. So yeah. as I'm concentrating, I can actually manipulate right. and adjust the illusion. So right. I'm there making it. I'm like the puppet master. Exactly. I'm making it do things. You're the Wizard of Oz. Behind. So when they fall in there, I've got to make it adjust like an illusion. Right. Well, how do I do it? I don't know. That's the welcome. How do I do an illusion of them down in a pit? Because they're there too. There'd be right. two of them. Right. I can't like. 
Well, no, came in on the so for the guys in the pit, it's not as big a deal. The people who are going towards the pit, you'd have to show that the you know the creature is getting smaller and smaller. That's the problem. But, it, but, 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 but you have a real person too. I can create an illusion of someone getting smaller, but don't I have the real person laying on the ground writhing? Well, but the point is if they fail their save, they, your mind is being tricked to think it's getting smaller and smaller. They don't see that. They see them basically disappear into the pit. Oh, that's so, how, this is so, why it's so, so they're like subsumed by the illusion. So people outside it possibly that's that's welcome to this because I can understand the illusion. I I can't change that. I guess I guess do I cover up? I guess I do cover up stuff because I cover up the floor. Right. So I guess my illusion can cover them up. Why, why not? That's right because the floor is covered up. Because yeah, you, you're friendly to illusionists. Other people would say no. As soon as they fall, you'd see so them laying like on top. So it's like a big kind of black hole of illusion where yeah. anything in that right. area in theory, I can manipulate. That, that is a, certainly a reasonable. DM could do that, and now you've made Phantasmal Force a super powerful spell. Or you could say, this is a first level spell. As soon as the first guy falls, he's even though the pit looks like a million things, the, the orc is just sitting on top of it. Mm -hmm. He believed it because he's the first one in, but the rest of them were like, wait, he's just late. How is you know? It's like those video games where the guys, they, the the players falls off the map and he's still walking. He's yeah. it, 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 you lose the verisimilitude, the the thing of it. So that's what makes this difficult. But it gets better. I like this. It's fun, though. I see. I, oh, this, this is this fun. This is not. This is not bothering me. I, oh, okay. I think it's entertaining. Well, then you should. Good. I think for those who want, be ready for the tournament. So, now here's the next part. Creatures which disbelieve the phantasm fourth gain a saving throw, and if they succeed, they see it for what it is and add plus four to their saving throws of their associates, if this knowledge is communicated. Creatures not observing the spell effect are immune until they view it. The spell can create the illusion of any object, creature, force, as long as it's within the boundaries of the spell's area effect. The, this area can move within the limits of the range. So you can actually move this around. So if the range is, in this case, first level is 90 feet. So within 90 feet of the magic user, you can take this nine, 90 square foot thing and move it around. Super powerful. Wait, where's the movement? Sorry, I'm still on it. Can we go? Yeah, let's go. Can we go one at a time here? So right. let's talk about the disbelief. Right, disbelief. This has been talked about ad nauseum. And there's two, right. And so Dragon Magazine had two articles on that. On now you see it, but is it really there? Shedding light on illusions in AD&D, November 1980. And had a chart which talked about you would actually have to list categories recommended for evaluating situations, like how much you would disbelieve it. Yep. And then what you do is you cross-reference that to the intelligence, and then there is adjustments made. So there was a whole little chart here to figure. I mean, this is kind of what makes me want to go to Holmes, which is I'm just like, look, I think there's like a 30% chance they'll disbelieve. You know, but no, we, I don't have a problem with charts necessarily. But so yeah, you got a chart on disbelieving, and then you had is it really real by Tom Armstrong. In yeah. uh, Dragon Magazine, October 1982, uh, which talks again about phantasmal force. So we have two articles that, if you really want to get into it, you can look at those articles. Uh, because the, how do you play it? How do you play disbelief by monsters? So, well, not only monsters are players. And so the first thing we need to look at is page 45 of the DMG. Oh, I forgot. They talk about back it, to right? The, to the potential nerfing. So there's a little bit of a nerfing here. It says the magic user must know of and understand the force creature he or she is making. Thus, the caster has never cast a fireball or have seen a dragon turtle. His illusion will be very poor. So then it's a question uh, of how believable 
it is. I forgot where it was and I didn't write it down. There's somewhere it talks about active, you, you must state, I'm going to disbelieve it. That's how the, the, the thought was when it was, in other words, because of that sentence in the player's handbook says, those who try, who try to disbelieve, well, how would they disbelieve? They, they have to announce they're gonna disbelieve. Yeah, which, yeah, and it says, which disbelieve? So, in fact, disbelieve. Not right. like, it doesn't sound like I'm suspicious. Right. I, in fact, disbelieve. So you have to actively say I disbelieve, which is why I think in some of the tournaments, I, w- I think when actually when Rob was running, I would say, I, I disbelieve it. The first, you know, Everyone, crazy. that's what players all do. They, everyone's like, I disbelieve, I disbelieve, right. I disbelieve. So then it was, well, what's, what does that mean? Well, like a lot of things, you have to concentrate to disbelieve. You can't just sit, sit there. So I, I think it was somewhere, it may have been in the DMG or somewhere else, where it says you have to take a round. You Basically, that's your action. If, you, if we're in combat and you see this pit and you go, well, I disbelieve, okay, then that's your action. You're going to have to sit there, actively try to disbelieve. Then you can make a saving throw. Yeah, interesting. It would seem like so how many people are going to not you know, waste their round to do that? Yeah. It would seem like it would be hard like, if a fireball is coming at you. It would be hard to disbelieve that. Right. Well, how long do you have? You don't have much time. Right. Well, that's the issue. Right? So, but I guess, you know, but I guess the rule is if you state you disbelieve it, you get a you get a you get a roll, right? So again, put in the comments. I see people are you know putting things there, and um, I I will tell you because uh, you know obviously with Gimbal um, Doug's character, you know I wrote a thing to basically accommodating this, and you know wow well, yeah illusions yeah. So again, uh, because we had illusionist spells are either ultra powerful or useless, and I'll try to provide a middle ground. Oops. So, first and foremost, here's, here's how, first I say, how well the illusionist describes what the illusion is, how believable it is to the viewer in this current circumstance. So, you know, again, if the, if the illusionist says, I'm going to create a green dragon in the middle of the orc layer, well, where did this green dragon come from? Why would there be a green dragon right. in this? Whereas a pit, and if it's their home, why would a pit all of a sudden magically appear in their own home? Mm-hmm. So it, it, I, I, I like the idea, okay, illusionist player, you want to play an illusionist, you, use your smarts when you're doing this. And if you right. make a good uh, case for what you're doing it, and it's believable, I'm good with that. So if they made 10 fighters with crossbows, okay, that's certainly reasonable if right. an invading party is coming in, as an example. And let me just point out, right, and that was what this article talked about, right? The different levels. Was it expected? Was it, would it be suspicious? Was there doubt? Right. Yeah, and how believable in the current circumstance would determine whether, so to me, instead of them having to do an active uh, disbelief, if it was a green dragon that just magically appeared somewhere, I would say they get a saving throw. If it's 10 fighters, they may not get a saving throw unless it's the player who would say, yes, I want to actively mm-hmm. disbelieve. The level of spell, how detrimental the outcome to the viewer, and the level intelligence of the creature will also factor into whether they get a saving throw. Because remember, this is a first level spell. Now again, sleep's a first level spell, and it's super powerful, but it shouldn't, it, you know, it's not, it, we, we have to remember as DMs that the level of the spell should have some impact. Mm-hmm. A phantasmal spell, now again, against a, a deity who has a, a 19 or 20 intel, uh, intelligence, they would just disbelieve it automatically, if I remember correctly. But, um, you know, if you're a super powerful character, a first level spell shouldn't take them out immediately. There could be a chance, but it shouldn't be automatic. 
So, uh, final all views of illusion, including the party, except the illusionists are affected by the spell and would have to actively disbelieve via saving throw. Actively disbelieve is, is, is acts as a delay action, which means they, they would either go last in the round and prevent any long spells. The illusionists can warn the party member, but other creatures may know, and then they would get plus four to saves, not an automatic save. Right, which is part of the book. Right, right so uh, unless specifically... Unless stated specifically in the spell, the illusion ends when it's touched or struck, depending on what it is. Touching a wall illusion ends the spell. A dragon using a breath weapon ends the illusion. The damage will result, regardless of the illusion is trying to make the illusion react. So again, that's where I adjust. Oh yeah, well, you can't, that, that sounds like a change. Right. Right? Because the book right. says you can adjust. That's right. And, and so David said, exactly. They, illusionists just assume reality is not real because they, <laughs> they're, the, they're in the game. Everything's, everything's right. a, a thing. So... Um, Damage is equal to obvious damage of amount. So if you had like daggers shooting at them, it would be equal to the dagger. So again, you don't want to nerf it too much. How do you, but so a, a fireball, because what, what about what about things that depend upon the level so I say of the d- caster? So I say d6 times the level of the spell caster or lethal, depending on what the victims leaves, the damage would be. So, but so... You mean of the actual, so if I'm an illusionist, I'm a first level illusionist, yeah, and I it, cast it, a fire, let's say I've seen be, a fireball, right? and I cast a fireball, it would, it do, a it would, it would do one d6 in my world. Okay, just, yeah. But if you did something like a dragon's breath, it would, again, most victims are first level, they would die. Are fireballs more powerful based upon spell casters, do you yes. think, based on, but based on size of the fire, is the fireball size bigger? I'm, I'm, no, the, 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 the area of effect is the same. The same. So, so it's somehow it's more, yeah, it's super flame. Or Higher color? Like, so can I be an illusionist, like I want it to be the higher color, the better color. <laughs> That's right. You want, well, so it's like they think it's worse. Well, you'd have to decide, um, had they, because ca- again, the way it says in the DMG is that they would have had to cast the spell before. Well, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a magic user. You tell me if I can do this. I'm going to be an illusionist, but what I'm going to wear on my hat, you know what it's going to say on my hat? What? On my hat, it's going to say something like, it's going to say sorcerer. Sorcerer. Okay, your high so, level magic user. Sorcerer. Right. So that way when they see a fireball coming from me, they think it's a ninth level. Yeah. Okay, does that work? Can I do that? No, that doesn't work that way. You can complain about my game. Exactly. So some illusionist friendly. This yeah. is an illusionist friendly bar. Now what I, so some people have, uh, some of the folks in the chat say, if it's like the, you know, if you take lethal, quote unquote, lethal damage, uh, because it's illusionist, you would just fall unconscious. That's certainly a reasonable way to play it. That they actually don't take real damage; they take. If but you it's can lethal. die. It's so you know, this, this article talked about a woman who died in a car crash. It was like the car was going fifty miles an hour. The other car was like twenty miles an hour. She didn't have any physical damage, but she died. She died of a heart attack. Mm, thank you. So can't you die? So, but you can take real damage. It's it's the stress. It, it, it could well. That's where the DM has to decide. Uh, one of our uh, folks on there said it does unconscious. Other, I put lethal damage will result in death unless the creature makes a saving throw versus spell. Success indicates the creature survives but goes into a coma for one to six turns. That's, that's yeah, does, my example. Well, it does say the extent of suffering damage. It yeah. says suffer damage. Right. That sounds to me like it Well, you could suffer damage whether it's actual. lethal. Well, well, the question is if it's lethal damage. No, I, th- I, think it's, I think it is. I think it's shock. There you go. Well, I'm pro illusionist. You're pro illusionist, right? You're you're going to make this first level spell super powerful. But I didn't. But I don't have it. 
Well, you don't have it, yeah. This, it this would guy, be super powerful if I guy, had it. That's right. This guy doesn't have it. Because I'm also making you roll the three spells. So that, that's high stakes. When you're rolling those three spells at first level. Right. For illusionist. Right. That's high stakes. But I, I think what we're trying to say is everything's reasonable. You just, as a DM, you, you need to be prepared for this eventuality if you have an illusionist or you have a magic user well, who's going to cast it. I look, I'm an illusion. You know how many hit points I have? Yeah, you, you don't know because you don't have I a don't know. Take, I a D, take a D8. No, take a D8 and divide it by two. We don't, you know That's how many hit points I have? That's a D10. Oh, sorry. You know how many hit points I have? You have three. Three. You know what my AC is? I mean, I got a good dex. You know, it's at least 16. Like, but you know, so it's like or an 16. eight or seven yeah, eight or, or seven. something. Yeah, you're like the goat. You know how many spells I get to cast once? Well, the same as a magic a, user. A day? Okay, I feel bad for them too. Right. At least they get an offensive spell. If I actually rolled fantastic, look, so once a day, so I get to be the hero and take out the big bad. Right. Well, and, 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 and there's, that's fine. I made these rolls. But did you get did you get a fifteen and a sixteen? No, Mister Fighter. That's right. Your highest is a, a fourteen. That's right. And I'm going to stab you before you kill us all. <laughs> You're a thief. You're back to that. That's right. Well, but that's you know, and I think that's fair. I think it's look. You shouldn't nerf them so much because then that's not fun. I've seen it. Unfortunately, I've seen both extremes. I've seen no, that's too hard. I don't want to deal with it. I but the book says no, it doesn't work. And then the illusionist is sitting there and they're just. Well, you could have told me that before I played illusionist. Right or. Oh yeah, it's super powerful, and there, you know, every every encounter is basically being wrecked because this phantasm force or whatever. And, and, and again, improved phantasm force adds the audio. Part of the thing I look at it is it's in the context of the spell. If if phantasmal force, the first level spell, is so powerful, improved phantasmal force, where does it go from there? And improved phantasmal force adds the audio component. Yeah. So there should be some. Well, uh, advantage to it. I think what that you, it gets more and more powerful. When I think what you do is, I think the way to counteract it is you do the a healthy dose of disbelief on the other side, right? So I think that's what you know. So it, it basically creates a built-in saving throw, and I I, th I think the DM should do that. I don't think that uh, I think you let them create the illusion they want to create. If they haven't seen it before. You, you, you increase the chance of disbelief, and so I think you have a healthy uh, disbelief. Well, and I also think what, it, yes, and I think that's part of it. I also think the other part of it, too, would be what kind of illusion are you doing? So some of the examples I saw in the chat was, let's say you're trying to hide, hide the party. You line up on the wall, and you make an illusion that the wall right. is there. That's more believable because mm -hmm. they don't, wouldn't expect the party there if they're running by than if you're casting, you're having a red dragon breathe right. flame on you. Right. Um, and, and so to me, this is where the DM, and, and this is a good thing. I don't think it's a negative thing. I think this is the challenge between the folks who want these number of tomes to have every uh, permutation and not. But you, I think the, the guidelines are the level of the spell, how well the illusionist, so you need player, if you're gonna be a player character, if you're gonna be a player who does illusionist, you better, um, you better be wanting to be creative. And wanting to have that kind of engagement with it, you know, this is even probably harder than the magic user in some ways because you have to be very smart in how you uh, use the spells and be creative, and then have a DM who's going to support that, and then work it out and not take forty-five minutes to try to figure out right. do they get a save or not. So, so in, in my case, based on my kind of guidelines that I had to remind myself, if if it's a non-offensive 
phantasmal force that seems reasonable. Like I said, they're hiding in the corner and they want the, the illusionist who just saw it makes basically a, like an illusional screen. As long as the orcs don't go by there and touch it, perfect. You're hidden there, just don't make any sound. You run by them. You want to have uh, something that looks like a ballista, shoot a ballista at one of them? Sure, that seems reasonable. You know, ballista, maybe the party has that. Mm-hmm. You want Tiamat to show up and kill them all, or a Tyrannosaurus Rex, which there aren't any, you're in the forest, uh, then there's gonna be a saving throw. Right. And, and, um, you know, if you're, and if Tyrannosaurus Rex, because there's no audible component, they should get a saving throw and there should be some bonus to it, because it's, it's, why is this thing not making any sound? It seems fake. Right. Does that look real to you? Right, and then improve, because then that allows for improved Phantasma Force to, you can move, you can, it has audible component, it, it makes that a more powerful spell, and thus, the Red Dragon should be more likely to work. Yeah. You know, but this is where, I know Doug tried to have a thing of Demogorgon show up, like, I don't know, he, I, for, I forgot who we were fighting, or Orcus, or someone who was their deity, maybe it was Yinogul, back from yes, last week's oh. event. Well, he did that too, actually, way was back when. Yeah. Well, way back when, uh, I would have been a little more. Uh, I liked the idea. I was co DMing, and I, I'm very pro illusions friendly. Yeah. yeah, he was, but he was sure smaller, and, and so I think the person disbelieved and it didn't work. I probably would have given a few segments of, huh? Exactly. You know? Right. If, if you're a deity, you know, how pious is this creature that they're, if they were super yeah. religious, pious, and the deity appeared, again, there's. In this world, it's possible, right? You roll at less than 10% and a zero, zero, well, that's right. the deity shows up. Well, and you know, in all honesty, wouldn't you think that there's at least a few, a segment or so of like, what's going on? So sure. It's a head scratcher. Right. It's not like immediately like, oh, I disbelieve and it's bing. You know, even if you do disbelieve, I would think, like you said, it takes a turn to disbelieve. That's around. a turn. Around. around. I'm sorry, around. Yeah. So if you look at this thing, and I, and I kind of, you know, I, I'd have to think about that. Um, I don't know. I do know that I think a lot in in first edition, you, you have your action, and your action is your action. And no matter how long it takes, it tends to be your action. I know that's not always true. We allow people right. to grab, change weapons, things like that. But um, yeah, so so what did you? How did you? Were so, you, th- you were the DM on the Demi Gorgon one? I think so. And in, in uh, mine, because again, after some of this, I put in to your point um, that. If they, if you try to disbelieve it or you're trying to make a save, you get what I call a delay action, which again, there's, that's, right. a, that's an action that's in, you know, it's the one that uh, Gary Gygax poo-poos. It's like anyone, no good player will d- delay. Well, I would, uh, um, I would say you take a delay action. Back to your, oh, what's, why is Demogorgon here in this? And ooh, that's cr- cr- That doesn't cr- look right. Is that? Yeah. Oh my, you know, first, oh my, oh my, Demogorgon, you're wait, here. Huh? And, wait, that's, he, he doesn't look exact. I, that doesn't yeah. look like. So you give it, you know, you, you, yeah. could, you could give right. a delay action that they would lose initiative on, or, or they would not do anything till the end of the round. I like that because that, that means that, you know, you're at least going to have some effect. Right. You know, I mean, it's going to be surprising. I think. And, and one of the downsides, too, is depends on the monsters. You know, illusionists are pretty useless against the undead. Yes. They're, you know, so, you know, if you're uh, just like, a, you know, the poor druid who's always looking for vines to do entangle, right. you're in the dungeon, you know, hey, is there any blades of grass? I want to cast entangle on the two blades of grass. And, and I'm like, no, you don't have it. You can't use moss for this. Yeah, because kind of Phantasm is not going to have any effect 
on debt is the theory, right? That, that's, that's right. Well, the, certainly the mindless creatures would not have anything of it. Yeah. I've always ruled that the undead are immune to illusion. I think most people say that. Right. So you wonder why, why would that be? Because they're they dead. See, they, 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 see. they know the true horror they of see, the Yeah, because they see things, though, right. right? I mean, they attack and they see. I mean, well, even skeletons. The, we believe skeletons see, right? But, I mean, that's why they walk around. Well, the skeletons even. and zombies are mindless, which is why they have no mind to control, which is why they can. But they follow orders. Well, they can follow orders, but they, they, they don't. In other words, it's, they don't affecting, walk into your a wall, mi- it's affecting your mind. They know, don't, but, they they, don't, but they're mindless. They don't have any mind. But how, why don't they walk into a wall? They walk in the wall because they can sense life. That's what the idea is. They have a sense of guard this area. Do they see? They kind of see, but they see. What are you? What are you a player now? They see based no, I'm on. I'm curious. Right. I, I've I always know. I've always ruled well because they're mindless. They're, the illusions don't affect them. I think most people believe that. But right? we could look up skeleton. Well, I don't know. That's going to give us an answer to that, is it? I mean, I'm sure you're right. It's mindless. I agree with that. I just think that there's some unanswered questions on. You're mindless, but you take orders. You don't walk into, you know? Yeah, non. They're non-intelligent. Skeletons are non-intelligent. Zombies yeah. are just better. Well, they're slower. Right. They're better, but they're, they're, they're more hit dice skeletons. Well, but they're slower. And they don't, it's not like the, it's not the half damage from sharp weapons. Right, but many, uh, many, again, for me, the undead, for the most part, uh, cannot be affected by illusion. And again, you can adjudicate that. Well, they're just animated. Yeah, right. I mean, they're just, they're animated. They're not, I mean, that does make sense. I mean, they don't have any intelligence. So it's like a beetle. As a beetle's not going to fall in my pit. Is a beetle going to fall in my pit? In theory, you could adjudicate no, that they, they don't. Yeah. They're, well, again, their vision's not the same. Their mindset, they has to be constructed in a way. Animal intelligence have a problem, though, right? Animal intelligence. Right. Hey, well, let me, hang on. Let if me they have this. animal intelligence, then maybe they can. Okay, look, this is interesting, though. And okay, this is obviously not can. This is just an article from Dragon Magazine. Well, at least you didn't say it was from Polyhedron, so you could That's right. Force That's that. binding. It actually has non. Right. And what does non do? What does that mean? Oh, wait. There's nothing there. There's just, oh. There's just bullets. That must mean... They're not even affected at all. It doesn't say zero. Once carries is selected, the table below should be used to determine the victim's percent chance of successfully attempting disbelieve. So it, here it says they don't have any chance. No, this is disbelieve. Yeah. Well, well, dot, dot, what does dot, dot, dot mean? Oh. Well, why is it not zero? Do not apply. For, oh. Their chance is always zero. For non-intelligent creatures, see discussion below. <laughs> Creature that makes an attempt to disbelieve percentage then gets a saving throw. Oh, so there's... So there's going to be some, yeah, so. So it says here, fair is the worst under the system. Creatures are smart enough to comprehend the subject matter illusion, but not smart enough to grasp the concept of illusion. That's what they're saying. And somewhere there's going to be non-intelligence though, right? For non-intelligence, right. see discussion below. Yeah, well, it, it's basically saying if, you're, if, you, if you have enough intelligence to comprehend a pit, but right. you don't have the intelligence to understand its illusion, you're stuck in that. Right, okay, okay, right. So that's, that's useful to know. So that would be support for the undead. Right. If, a ca- if you right. had a giant flame, a cat's going to not go near the flame. Right. Right. And cats are really, relatively smart. Same thing with bugs. They tend to, I don't think they go, to, well, moths go to a flame, but. 
other things if they they would behave uh, like they would. Okay, so here it is. All right. A non-intelligent creature might enjoy immunity from illusions under the system since arguably such creatures have no mind which can be affected by the spell. On the other hand, one might say that an illusion simple enough to have meaning to a non-intelligent creature like a raging fire to a black pudding. Black puddings are not intelligent? Yeah, I thought they were pretty. Could be used against such a creature. In such a case, the non-intelligent creatures should be treated as creatures of animal. So if it is the illusion They're simple They're non-intelligent. Enough to, That's right. Very good for him. So simple enough to have meaning. Right. So the question is, does a, does a pit have meaning? Is it simple enough to have meaning to a... Uh, and, and what would be the effect of it? If, if again, if there may be no effect, the, the, if it takes no damage from falling, it would just fall in and maybe it would sit there for a while. And... But it would take damage. So for me, like a zombie, a zombie yeah. would, you could have a pit, it would just keep moving forward. It would just walk through because I, it, was, it would be mine. It's going towards you. You know which way I'm going on this one, don't you? You're going towards that black puddings are going to be destroyed I'm, by... I'm the pro-illusionist. I'm, pro I'm going right. to say a zombie is going to walk around a pit. And I think a pit is simple. And I think the zombie is going to fall in... Which, what I just did now is I just made it from having no effect to being... It's a zero, having an absolute effect. Right. So I took, I went the exact, you really, so it's very binary here. Either it's having no effect or it's basically having effect. Yeah, and, and I would say that's fine. You can certainly play that game. And uh, if, you run, <laughs> if you run that, that's, right. that's great. My opinion would be that the opposite when it came to zombies. Zombies are like the old computer games. The, the, the monsters would come straight at you. They would, it's whatever the two shortest points they move. So if there was, if you put a wall of fire, they would just go through the wall of fire. They wouldn't go, oh, wait a minute, there's a wall of fire, I'm stopping. They're just gonna continue to move forward. If there's any way for them to get to you, they would get to you. So whether you put a pit or whatever, they would just walk towards it. Mm. And, and if it was a real pit, they would just fall into the pit. Mm -hmm. That would be my opinion. But you could adjudicate that just as easily. Well, we'll have to talk about that on our undead. The undead, special. that's right, the undead special. Well, Halloween, we should do we that. We should do that, special. don't you think? I was going to mention that for October. Yeah, that's pretty original, don't you think, to do a Halloween I'm sure episode no one's, undead? I'm, I'm sure no one's done an undead episode for Halloween. <laughs> We're breaking new grounds. I want a Peabody for that one. That's um, right. So, yeah, right. Isn't I that think... for fiction or for, or for uh, work? I thought Colbert has one, doesn't Colbert? Oh, maybe. I think you're right. People, it's like the, uh, there's a bunch of them. That's true. So, uh, we, um, it's like the, uh, so I think, we, yeah, we should do, we should, well, obviously, undead for so the, what's the lesson here for, because again, our, 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 our illusionist in my game, not James. Well, or there's other ones which basically say, no, it's a, it's a crappy spell, it's first level, it doesn't do anything. This sounds like a lot of fun to me though. I mean, I guess everyone else gets bored, but I like this, you know, tell me your illusion. Right. How good is it? Have you seen it before? What's the a chance they'll disbelieve? And you give a roll. But you're right, you gotta do it, and you say, you gotta do it fast. Right. You don't wanna bog down. You yeah. want to basically be like give a. I think you basically give a quick percentage. You can use a chart like this if you want, but I think you basically, as a DM, have to say, okay, you run it pretty quickly. How believable is it in the environment? Yep. What's the? Um, how smart are they? Right. Right. Have you seen it before, Caster? Yep. And I'm going to give a percentage on each one. Or, I, or I may just make it automatic that it works perfectly because again, the the context of it. Sure, makes there could sense. be 100 percent. Yeah. Right. I mean, I like random, so I like. You're right, but you're right because there may. There may be no chance that they would disbelieve it because it's right. totally believable. It's totally, it's yeah. totally believable. If uh, you know, it, it goes back to yeah. You have to adjudicate somehow whether you give the creatures a saving throw and you adjust it, or you do a percentage like that. Either way works. Yeah.
I think the, the, the other problem is, again, your party dynamic. It's just like um, the thief who, the, uh, the, the thief, did it fall down? No, we, we need to get it. It's, it's behind my head. Oh, okay. Shouldn't it be like? Now, with two hours into it, you're going to fix it? Exactly. Okay. So it's just like the thief who's constantly pickpocketing people. This is the other part I see with illusionists. They want to come up with these game-changing illusions and phantasms that can be annoying. So, it's, you know, the goal as a DM is you want to make sure every player has a chance for their character to do their cool thing, whatever that right. is. That I do agree with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and you need to have um, your adventures set up where the fighter can fight, the magic user can cast magic users, the illusionist can do things, the thief can do things, so that everyone does their cool thing. The cleric can do their cool healing. That's right. They can heal or press command or do something like a that. A turn, of course. Yeah, and uh, and you know, as as the folks in the chat said, you know, this this is what that's why the DM is not at the computer. You have to make adju adjudications. You have to right. sit there, just like other things. Better to think about this ahead of time, mm -hmm. and sit down and, and kind of give some framework of reality what you're going to allow a a uh, illusionist to do, right. and magic user who right. casts a phantasm force. I like this. I like this chart. That seems like a lot of work. Here's the adjustments. It is 20% of all factors thermal component expected but absent, plus 20% of audio component expected but absent, plus 10% if subject or spells and illusions. That's okay. <coughs> Minus 10%. Sorry, I was falling asleep. Victim. It is on, this is on illusionists. You got to put up with this. Minus 10% if victim is surprised, plus 10% if victim wisdom is 15 or more. I like that. But it also has to be whether or not. Okay, no, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I like this chart. I like this chart. I know. And you'll never use it again. Well, I'm never working on it. I'm never running again. Huh? I'm retired. I'm not You're retired. I'm never running another game. Well, you, know, you, you are running a lot of games. I give you a lot of credit. I'm well, only running two. Give me credit after I run them. Uh, so, okay. Mm -hmm. um, anything else when it comes to illusion? I think those are the big ones. Invisibility is another one, but that's the same thing with magic. Yeah. Um, and I know Robert likes Wall of Fog or something like yeah. Wall of Fog. Wall of Fog is a powerful spot. There was like plenty. I used that on Eye of Beholder once. It was chaos. There's like fog in the room and the Beholder was in there. It was mayhem. Oh. Very nice. Yeah, I right. mean, Phantasmal Killer is a great spell. There's, there, are, there are Paralyzation. I didn't even really... Th the Paralyzation's an amazing spell. Oh. Save or be paralyzed. Yeah, I was looking at the first level. I was looking at the Illusion spells, and they speak to me. I know, I'm going the wrong way. They li I liked almost all of these spells. It's honestly, it's like a kid in a candy store. Except Detect Illusion. Go look at these. Yeah, that's not great. I mean, Audible Glamour's cool. Yeah. You know, make, you're making noises, right? Change, Change self. self. Color spray, dancing lights, and that. So I'm up with that. Yeah. You just make some lights, don't you? Yeah, basically. Maybe they think it's a will o wisp. Darkness is okay. You can make a move like a will of the wisp if someone knows what a will of the wisp right. is. Right. Darkness is not. It would be kind of cool. Why is. They, they should have just had reverse light darkness. There should have been. Exactly, you're right. That's a good spell. point. I don't that's know a good why point. That. Prismatic spray, that's Hypnotism right. Hypnotism is cool. Right? Because hypnotism, we, you know, John would use that a lot. It works like a suggestion, basically, right? Um, Wall of Fog, Phantasmal. Prismatic Spray is amazing. That's what Carlos put up. That's a, that's the the big daddy. Where's that? Oh, Prismatic Spray. Seventh level. Oh. That's a beat down. Oh, what is that? That's like the... Well, Prismatic like Sphere, which... Prismatic Sphere, which is a ninth level magic user, but there's these colors, and each uh, orb uh, layer of it has these certain abilities, and you have to... Cr if you're going to attack the magic user or get to him, you have to cross with him, and it does... Horrific things. This one does the same effects, but sprays it out. It makes it's like color spray on ass on nice. steroids. Yeah, 
I like a lot of these. See, this makes me this makes me want to be an illusionist again. I love it. That's those spells are awesome. I want to be an illusionist. Okay. Not in your game. Well, you can be. It's just you're going to have to work at it. You can't just sit here and say, "I want," you know, "I do." I create an illusion of a red dragon, and the goat just dies on oh, that. Oh wait! The, the, oh my God, the goat! I need to disbelieve. What's my percentage chance? Can we go back? Sure. Disbelieve. What's percentage you give me? Disbelieve. I'm a goat. How? Wait. Let's do this. How intelligent is a goat? Yeah. Okay. This let's, let's this, use this chart. This goat or or a, a goat in general. Give me a mulligan. Do I get a mulligan? This no. Well, it's, the, it's whatever that goat is. Semi. Semi. Oh, that's not good. That's two to four. Oh, look, look, look. Oh, my look God, they're all zeros. Zero. Okay. Wait, yes. no, no, there's adjustments. Do I have a 50? 20% of olfactory component is expected, but, well, I mean, this is not, if it was an illusion, we wouldn't know. Yeah, but. Let me just roll and see what happens. Yeah. So it's probably. 75. 51. You no, I disbelieve. No, you don't. You you, <laughs> you can disbelieve. You, you are, are still there. That's right. You disbelieve. The, I, it's I, still there. <laughs> I'm one, it's like uh, the I'm one with the force, the force is with, one with me kind of thing as you die. Hard. Yes. All yeah. right. I died disbelieving. That's right. That's all right. okay. That's all right. All right. Um, I don't think there's anything else, huh? No, I just, and, and how you use them. I think, you know, same thing like magic users, early level. Oh, weapon. We didn't talk about weapons. Oh, you didn't AC. talk about weapons. That's right. Dance light, you can show fireworks how, display. To yeah. show how weak they are, right? Hypnotism's a great spell. Our, Hypnotism? Uh, John has used that a number of times. He almost tries to do a quick draw McGraw with that, which I'm sometimes not as enamored with. Wait, a quick hey. what? A quick draw Hypnotism. McGraw. Remember, he would be like, he oh, look hypnotism. into my crystal ball, and he would cast Hypnotism. Yeah, and what is Hypnotism? It's, it's, it's it, like a suggestion. It, it opens for a suggestion. You oh, you only get one, though. Is that right? Right. You make one suggestion. You, you, How's it different than suggestion? Well, because the hypnotism, you're droning, and then once they fail their save, you can uh, you can cast a suggestion. It only lasts during that time period. Oh, right. it runs much less oh, okay. than a suggestion. So it's worse than a suggestion. Yes. Suggestion higher level. Yes. Oh, okay. So it's like a poor man's. It's a poor. It's a poor illusionist's right. suggestion. Right. But I like it. Right. And they do it. Whatever you suggest, but then they snap out of it, and they're like, "What am I doing?" Right. right. Yeah, because so it only lasts for a couple of rounds. But if you can get them to like, "Hey, open up that gate." Which you again, open I, the gate. Which I and, and maybe the panel knows. Why why can't an illusionist cast uh, charm person? Yeah, yeah, that's a nice one too. It, one is I guess is because it's an enchantment. It's not an illusion. Is I guess is the argument okay. for that. That would be my right. guess. It comes from the school of enchantment. So it's an actual it magic. At, at it, illusion school. Well, it's just not an illusion. Right. So so not no armor. No armor. No shield. No shield. Do you know the three? I know them. I saw them already, but I didn't. Yeah, they're the magic uses the yep. dagger, dart, and staff. You can use oil question mark on the uh, poison. So yeah, that's that's pretty wimpy. And you know, they t uh, I would, I think they tend towards chaos potentially. You know, there's it always oh. seems like the illusionist is chaotic, whatever. Well, somebody mentioned that you're kind of like the mad illusionist. These, that's right, the mad crazy illusionist. Yeah. Um, and illusionists, I think, like I said, we I know of at least. Um, a few of them. There's the illusionist from what was the one that you killed us in the 14th level one? Oh yeah, that was um, the treasure of Barlon. Treasure of Barlon. There is a an illusionist tying back to last week. Oh, give me the S three. There's illusionist in here. Wait, S three? S three. What's S three? That's uh, no, a three. Excuse oh, me. Sorry. Um, area of the slave yeah. lords. You uh, one. They talked about the illusionist down there in area of the slave lords. There is in the second part. There is the. This is an the in the main battle boss before you get to the slave lords. 
is uh, there is a, a creature that looks, you see a large tuned creature with a heavy shell and a tail that looks like a giant mace. At the, the far end, sitting there, is a tall, emaciated, no-like figure with evil eyes. The creature has a seven-foot-long flail and three massive heads, and there's gnolls around it. Well, the, he looks like the illusion of the gnoll ah. god, Yinugul. Ah. So remember last week we talked about Yinugul and yeah, the gnolls? Yeah, yeah. This is, or two weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, the, the illusionist in there, Wimp, Wimp, Wimple Frump. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great name. Wimple Frump. He's an eighth-level illusionist. He... Uh, He's obviously not on them. All the illusionists are actual spectral forces. So that's what you do is you create the deity, and then the deity does the damage that the deity would do? Well, what it... What you have it, to recognize the deity. Right. But if you recognize the deity, then that deity does. So if I do that deity... So he's just, using them to control the gnolls, who are real. And then the Ankylosaurus, which looks like a reptile, is actually a rust monster. But so if I create, so I'm a first level, I do Phantasmal Force, and I do a deity. And you believe it. Right. Then you start playing the reaction role. First of all, there's no, what's your audible, com, audible component? If you can't, if it's just your little wimpy voice, no offense, if you look like Zeus. No, and, I say, but let's assume you, lo- you, you fail. You're not very smart. You fail. You're a okay. goblin. You're right. on you're the goblin. lower end of and average. And whatever the goblins. What's the goblin's name? Mel- Media book or Mattable book or whatever. And so you fail, and he attacks. So the movement, I can move this thing, but only within the area. But so if I've got the, if I've got the, what was it, the the 90 square feet, let's say. Right, you could. I can move within 90 square feet. No, that's the area of effect. That's the that's the. The, the phantasma force. It can be up to that. In, in this case, it would be small, but you could go to your range, which would be 80 feet plus 10 feet. But, can it, but can, it, can it move? Yeah, you can move it up to that whatever Oh, so you think is. within the range, I can yes. move that thing. It's yes. not like I can just, the range is like, bloop, no. and dro- he's dropped there, and he sits there. It's a range spinning. from you to the thing, correct. So I can do whatever my range is. Yes. Wow. That's what it's So he said. can, like, charge. Yes. And then he would attack. Okay. So it's line of sight, basically. So eight plus one foot per level, one ten feet per level. Wait, wait, I'm at, oh, I'm on page, page seventy-five. Oh, it's probably it's what? Yeah. Illusions. Illusions is less. Sixty, right? Range sixty. Oh, yeah. So because it's the first level spell. Yeah. So seventy feet. Yeah. So I have within seventy feet, so I can create this level. illusion. So this at first level. Yep. Of this little deity. Yep. Our big deity. Yep. And I can move him. Thank that you. range, and he can, so he's fighting in combat. And, and for first level, as David also mentioned, the area effect is less for an illusionist. The illusionist is less. Oh, the area oh, I was looking, oh. so that's a good point. I was looking at the magic user one, oh. so the illusionist one is slightly wimp, is wimp. Okay, but so within that, so, but I, so he's moving around in melee. Right. So I've got a god melee. Yeah, absolutely. If they believe it. Sure. That's cool. Uh, but if they run away, you can't chase them. They, 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 he would have to I'd stop. I'd them tethered at a certain That's point. Right, like a chain, exactly. Come and get the dog. The exactly. Back. He's running all of a sudden. He pulls back. Exactly. All right. All right, very good. Um, you know, same as far as tiers of play, again, there'd be very similar to magic users. Early level, they got their one spell. I mean, they have high decks, so they could throw darts probably pretty good because they're going to be able to do that. They just need to be protected. Um, Mid level, you know, again, if you have a deity that's a deity, a DM that's friendly, you, you're going to have some powerful spells. Third level, again, a lot of uh, illusion is a second level spell. They have improved. Um, I think they also have improved illusion, improved invisibility. I keep forgetting them between them and and uh, magic user. 
I think they're the only ones that have improved invisibility, which is a great spell. Yeah, so improve invisibility at fourth, at once they become eighth level, improve invisibility, if you hit, you still, it doesn't go away. It doesn't last permanently, mm -hmm. but you can attack and still be invisible if you're cast improve invisibility. So that's very powerful. And then you get to Maze, which is a fifth level spell for uh, illusionists, eighth level for a magic user. So for their spells, they, they, they fight amongst their wave class. It comes back to, you know, again, if you have deities or things that magic resistance, they're not so great. All right. I think we're done with that. Uh, I think we did a good job on that. So let's move to we'll our... We'll find out when we roll at the end. That's right. So let's go to our suggestion. Suggestion. All right. So our suggestion, of course, this week is very simple. We finally agree on something. Right. We do. Uh, you all need to go to GrogCon if you're in the town. So that's our suggestion. Or if you're not, you need to make your way to this that's town. That's right. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure if you, I'm sure if David and Menyon, who live in Japan and Australia, respectively, if they leave now, they, right. they may get to here by Sunday. Correct. <laughs> they may, they, next Sunday, not this Sunday. It's, it's, it's right. Saturday night for them now. Uh, they may get here. It may take them a week or so to get right. here from here. I'm, I'm sure it's only like 18 flights. Just stay for next year's then. That's right. Just stay all year. Stay with you all year. That'd be all perfect. Right. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're, we're going to have a good time with that. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. We've been jibber-jabbering for a while. Let's roll. Let's see what we got. All right. Can we do better than a 10? I can swim a bit. Yeah. Nine. Whoa. We're killing it. We rolled a nine. Down from, uh, we're trending downward. Well, but still, it's way above. It's way above. It is. Wow. This is these last two sessions are way above, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I know we've been jibber jabbering for a while. We're on YouTube, obviously, for those who are listening. Thank you. Uh, Twitter at Grog Talk. Uh, appreciate that. Um, we're on Google Play, uh, iTunes. Thank you for those who've uh, subscribed and reviewed. We really appreciate that. Uh, ideas for future shows: info at grogcon.com. And so next week, we hope. Again, uh, please monitor Twitter or YouTube, uh, depending, because again, we're going to be a little flexible when Carlos and Vic and we show up, we'll kind of figure out when we're going to get together. I hope it'll be around 8.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time on Saturday where we'll do this, but it may not work. There may be a bunch of reasons why, and then we'll, we'll, I'll tweet when we're going to do it. And, uh, but we do want to do a live thing. That would be super cool. Uh, anything else for the good of the order? We're looking forward. We're finally here. A I'm week excited. before. Yeah, you, you've, uh, we've got a lot going on. So again, thank you to everyone who's been there and participating, been part of this. I really, we really appreciate it. So for, for, I'm James. I'm Dan. And we'll see you next week live on Grog Talk. This is Big Publishing Puppy Production. All rights reserved.